This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Oh, thank you, and welcome to the show. Well, once again, the clock is telling me to sit back and enjoy the entertainment along with you. So let's get things started by welcoming in the Bob Hope Show with special guest Edward G. Robinson. For the safety of your smile, use Pepsodent twice a day. See your dentist twice a year. Again this week, Pepsodent is proud to entertain the men and women in our armed forces. Tonight... Pepsodent brings to the personnel of the United States Army 3rd Air Force, stationed at Drew Field, Tampa, Florida, The Pepsodent Show, starring Bob Hope and his special guest, Edward G. Robinson. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Bob broadcasting from Drew Field, Tampa, Florida, Hope. <laughs> Telling all you Army airmen to use Pepsodent and your smacker won't be a slacker when you need it for a Florida cracker. <laughs> well, here I am in Florida. You know what Florida is. That's California, fatigue style. <laughs> I just got in from New York. In fact, my goose pimples haven't decided to go down yet. They think this climate must be some kind of booby trap. <laughs> Florida is a long peninsula of land that sticks out into the ocean. On the map, it looks like a thumb that's waving the rest of the states at California. <laughs> I made a mistake today. I went into a fruit store here and asked for a California orange. They let me have it. <laughs> then I get up and they let me have it again. <laughs> But all that talk you hear about the rivalry between Florida and California is just a lot of propaganda. Why, they're as close as Crosby and Sinatra. <laughs> this morning here at Drew, I kept admiring the big bombers flying around with yellow ball turrets. Then I found out it was just the Florida mosquitoes ferrying their breakfast in from the grapefruit grove. <laughs> You've all heard of those Florida mosquitoes at the Flying Blood Bank. <laughs> They're the only mosquitoes I ever saw that used B-29s for fighter escort. <laughs> the hotel I'm stopping at must be very close to a swamp. This morning I rang the desk for maid service and Chloe came up and changed the linen. <laughs> Skinny Ennis did some deep sea fishing yesterday. It was a terrific 10-hour struggle, but Skinny finally got away. <laughs> Drew Field is located six miles from Tampa as the crow walks. He has to walk. The last crow that tried to fly had died of starvation waiting for the control tower to let him down. 
Besides here from Drew Spent a lot of time in Clearwater Clearwater, that sounds like a chaser And they do <laughs> And boy, you should see these girls Yes, sir, one look at them And you're no longer a boy Attended a very impressive ceremony here today. They gave a medal to the first guy who ever successfully completed 25 missions on the Tampa bus. <laughs> and they threw in four band aid clusters. The Tampa bus, that's a link trainer with tires. But the climate here is so wonderful that a lot of grandmothers come down here to retire, and after a couple of weeks, they feel so good they go to work. I, I know, I've been to the Rialto. Rialto, I must explain, that's an aviation school where these flyers can go sit by the runway and study takeoffs. <laughs> I'll be seeing you here. Down here to Florida Awful, Bob You had an awful trip, huh, Skin? Yeah, that's the last time I let my hair grow long And ride in a baggage car I didn't get a wake of sleep all night Why not? Man, them other cocker spaniels Had cold noses <laughs> But, Bob, you know I'm really glad I came here I met a girl down here It's just my type Gee, that's too bad I hope she recovers <laughs> Oh, hello, Francis Francis, hi <laughs> Well, Francis, how do you like Tampa? Oh, wonderful, Bob. 
And I'm really amazed at the reception these fellas gave me here at Drew Field. Oh, it's not so amazing. Look what they drew. <laughs> yes, sir. These boys are playing the field, too. Say, aren't you pretty tonight? You know, you look like you stepped out of a sax Fifth Avenue. Thanks, Bob. You look like you stepped out of a sax too. <laughs> Just wait till the next time you want to borrow my nylons, that's all. <laughs> By the way, Bob, how are you doing with the girls here? Oh, I'm letting them worry. Say, I, uh... Oh. <laughs> I was out with a Tampa debutante last night. She's a Tampa debutante? When did she come out? Last night, when they closed the Rainbow Tavern. Say, uh... <laughs> that's the social club here. You know, Francis... 400. We came to Florida. We came to Florida the wrong time. I feel pretty dag about bad about those dog tracks being closed. Oh, well, why should you feel bad, Bob? You're not in condition anyway. <laughs> I can't understand that all my kennel rations are homogenized. <laughs> Say, I bet you love being here in Florida. This is the Florida's your state, isn't it? That's right, Bob. I went back to Lakeland to visit my folks yesterday. And do your folks know all about your job working for me? Oh, no. I love them so much, I just keep letting them think that I have a nice, honest job dredging swamps. See, <laughs> Francie, you know, it sure is good to get back home. Did you stop off to see your folks in North Carolina, Skin? Yeah, I thought it would cheer up old Grandpappy in it. Old Grandpappy's been feeling kind of low since the Yankees took away his rifle. Imagine those Yankees taking a poor old fellow's rifle away for nothing at all. That's the kind of a mean trick you can always expect from Yankees. Well, what was he doing with his skin? Shooting Yankees. if these soldiers get a chance to get home. Well, some of them do, Francie, but a lot of these boys go over to St. Petersburg. St. Petersburg? Yeah, that's the hardening of the arteries with a boardwalk. <laughs> you know, they say that all the real old people in the country love to go to St. Petersburg and sit around in rocking chairs. I know, Bob. Have you got your reservations in yet? Yeah. <laughs> no, they rejected me. But say, Francis... Let's show the folks what it'll be like when one of these Drew Flyers is about 80 and is talking to his wife. All right. You play the old girl, and I'll handle the Crosby part. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. I'll be the old retired Drew Field Flyer, still looking forward to a furlough. Some George Arliss music. <laughs> Here we are, just a couple of old cronies sitting on the front porch. Robert, stop rocking that chair so much. That ain't the chair, that's me. <laughs> well, Robert, what's cooking? I don't know, lost my recipes 30 years ago. <laughs> this Florida weather is wonderful, ain't it, Francie? Just look at that golden sunshine on my vest. That isn't sunshine, Robert. You spill orange juice this morning on your vest. Yeah. <laughs> I swan, and I spent two hours trying to find something to button them seeds to. <laughs> Francis, just look at me. Fifty years ago, I was a pilot at Drew Field. Yes, Robert, fifty years ago. And those mosquito bites are getting better already. <laughs> Gee, Francis. Remember when I used to fly 30,000 feet up? I must be getting old. What makes you say that, Robert? I bent over to tie my shoelace this morning and blacked out. <laughs> say, how long were you in the 
for me, Robert? Oh, something in the neighborhood of 30 years. How long have you been out of the Army, Robert? Oh, something in the neighborhood of 40 years. What made you get out of the Army? Something in the neighborhood. <laughs> It's time for my vitamins Robert, why do you take those vitamin pills on the bottom shelf? So I can reach the vitamin pills on the top shelf <laughs> Look, Robert, here comes your old MT Sergeant Mather <laughs> Hey, are you getting fresh with this here girl? <laughs> Thanks <laughs> Hey, I'm ashamed of you He used to be one of the best men at the camp you blinkety-blank-blank-blank. Blank. You don't act the way you used to. And you don't talk the way you used to. <laughs> oh, a tough guy I am. Well, I can handle you. I'll blow my whistle and get some help. <laughs> Darn, it's got one of them heavy peas in it. <laughs> now you listen. Don't try and get tough. I may be old, but I'm still as strong as enough. Yeah, and just as smart. <laughs> well, you can't talk that way to me. I'm going to hit you over the head with your hot water bottle. You ain't going to hit me over the head with a hot water bottle. Oh, well, it's bath night anyway. <laughs> More and more 
Despite years of faithful brushing, despite any other toothpaste you've tried, see if your teeth aren't noticeably brighter in just one week after you change to Pepsodent toothpaste. You see, Pepsodent toothpaste contains irium, the exclusive cleansing ingredient. Pepsodent toothpaste with irium removes the film that makes your teeth look dull. It loosens film and floats it away quickly, easily, safely. Brings new brilliance to your teeth. So forget other brands you've tried. Change to Pepsodent toothpaste. And in just one week, see the difference in the brightness of your teeth, the sparkle of your smile. Ask for refreshing Pepsodent toothpaste because Pepsodent and only Pepsodent contains irium. Dear Miriam, dear Miriam, now she's heard of irium, so the telephone ring is the busy thing. Hello. Some number. Uh-oh. Hello. Some number. Oh, I'll take it. Oh, folks, just be like Miriam. Use irium. Oh, that's nice selling, Miriam. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to present a good friend of mine, a man who has entertained the boys in hundreds of camps, both here and overseas, that very fine actor, currently being seen in that thrilling picture, Woman in the Window, Mr. Edward G. Robinson. Well, thank you, Bob, and thank you, boys. Well, how's little Caesar? Fine, and how's Big Beezer? <laughs> Listen, Robinson, are you trying to push me around? Uh, uh, Bob, I wouldn't think of trying to push you around. That'd be a job for a bulldozer. <laughs> Edward D. Robinson. Tell me, Ed, what does the G stand for? Oh, uh, Bob, please don't ask me. Oh, come on, Ed. Tell us what the G stands for. Uh, geranium. <laughs> geranium? Well, that's a flower. Well, you should laugh with that pot. <laughs> talk like that if you didn't tote a gun. Now, uh, Bob, I wish you wouldn't give the impression that I was tough. I'm really a very gentle, artistic kind of a fellow. You know, I love the big flowers and the watch the birds and the bees and the little chipmunks and the trees. <laughs> How do you like that? He talks like a top sergeant and sounds like an eager beaver. <laughs> eager beaver, that's a boy scout with an Eisenhower complex. Now, listen, Hope, I told you that I ain't tough. Now, I'm a simple, kindly guy, see? Just a gentle, good-hearted little guy, see? Now, get that straighter, I'll bash in your skull for you. <laughs> Unusual type of panty waist, isn't it? <laughs> you know what? I'm a pretty tough guy myself. Well, when I walk into a room in Hollywood, Rast and Alan Ladd walk right out. Well, have you tried life, boy? This field ain't big enough for the both. Wait, let me see. Uh, no, and I'm not kidding. Why, back in Cleveland, when I was a kid, we used to go around tying knots into everything we saw. You tied knots into everything you saw? Yeah, in fact, any cow in the neighborhood who gave milk was a tourist. Uh, yeah, but uh, getting back... Uh, getting back now, smoking cigars is what makes me seem tough, Bob. Oh, you're a cigar smoker. Have you tried any of these famous Tampa cigars? Well, I'm not that tough. You know, I'm uh, really a gentle guy at heart. I'm quite interested in fine laces and ceramics. 
Most any time you'll find art collectors at my home. Well, that's coincidence. I'm interested in the same sort of thing myself. Yes, I know. I've seen plenty of collectors at your house, too. <laughs> well, really, I'm, 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 I'm sorry I said that, Bob. I'm really here tonight on behalf of the March of Dimes. The March of Dimes? You mean you want a dime out of me? You want me to give you a, give you a dime? No, uh, please, please, Bob. Now, stop trembling. It's only a dime. <laughs> Well, you caught me at a bad time. Oh. Well, then you've got it on you. Uh, <clears throat> well, yes. Well, well, no, that is not in cash. Well, gosh, Bob, you know, getting a dime out of you is like pulling teeth. Ed, quiet. This is a Pepsodent show, please. Oh, forgive me. Okay, okay, you win, Ed. Here, I've got my wallet out now. I'll open it up. <laughs> the zipper needs a little oil. Well, it's not in there anyway. I better call my banker, Morgenthau Colonna. Hi, y'all. This is the operator, y'all. Well, shut my mouth, honey child. Shut my mouth. You better put in a real nickel or I will. <laughs> Hello? 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 Uh, hey, this is quite a coincidence, Colonna. I was just going to call you. I know. I was listening in. Well, Kelowna, how are things at the bank? Oh, packing up. Kelowna, you mean picking up. No, packing up. Books don't balance. <laughs> well, Professor. Professor, I'm coming down to see you. I want to draw out a dime. Yeah, aren't you being a little rash, Hope? You just drew out a dime last April. <laughs> I have a little news for you, Hope. You haven't any money in the bank. I lost it all at Hilo. I lied. High low, high lie, what's the difference? I was high and you came out low, that's all. <laughs> hey, Hope, you better, you better call me back later. I'm really very busy. You see, I'm over here trying to get these books balanced. Trying to get the books balanced? That's right. Okay, Joe, roll them out again. <laughs> hey, uh, Bob, if that's your banker, I'd like to talk to him. Uh, uh, listen, Colonna, we need your help. Bob Hope wants to draw out some money. He doesn't need my help. He can draw it out further than any guy I know. <laughs> Colonna, is your bank in good shape? Do you have any liquid assets? Yes, I've been hiding a couple of fifths in a bottom drawer. <laughs> tell me. Tell me, Professor, is your bank making money? Ah, yes, Hope. I am annually grossing revenues beyond my capitalization, and my income accruing from negotiable transactions is equalized by assets for the fiscal year balanced by bonded indebtedness. Well, what does that mean? I've got a dog track in the cellar. <laughs> Over to Colonna's bank and get the money. Had to stop for a traffic light. Well, here we are at the bank. Hey, look, Eddie, there's Colonna's secretary. This will be a treat for you to meet a real native Florida girl. They're different from other girls, really different. Well, hello, honey lamb, sugar farm, magnolia blossom, chitlin' cake, darling, angel man, honeysuckle child, lovey boy, sweetheart. Yeah. Well, hello, honey. Oh! There, that'll teach you to get fresh with me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess they are so different. Uh, come on, Bob. Uh, let's find this banker, Colonna. I'll call him myself. Oh, Colonna. I'm sorry, Hope, but I can't find your money. Colonna, have you tried the vaults? Yes, but I still prefer the rumba. <laughs> hey, the joint's being knocked over. Hey, Joe, keep the motor running. Okay, you guys, throw everything you got into this bag and make it quick. I'm in a hurry. What's your hurry? We got only a snake card. <laughs> 
Just a minute. You can't get away with that. Listen, I'm not afraid of any man or you either, Hope. Well, don't worry, Hope. I'll handle this. So you're a tough guy, eh? You want to be smart. You want to rob banks. Well, you're not getting away with it. See? You're not getting away with it. Ain't he wonderful? Just like the movies. Stop wasting my time, short beer. Stick him up. Now, listen, you're talking to little Caesar. You can't push me around. I'll let you have it. Two more steps and I'll plug you. Oh, yeah? What are you going to do now, Eddie? Anybody got Bogart's phone number? Come on, Professor. Help me load this loot. Oh, so you're in with the mob, Colonna. Yes. Now, stay where you are. I'll shoot anybody that gets in my way. Well, you're finished, Colonna. Here come the bulls. They won't stop me. I'll take them off one by one. Here goes one bull. Here goes another bull. Dad, how do you like that? Now they even get women cops. All thanks the memory. You men here at Drew Field, the power that you wield will raise the score and prove that your United States Air Shield. And we thank you so much. And thanks the memory of men who fly the plane that free the airways lane with mighty blow the foe will know you'll stop their growing pain and we thank you so much folks while these boys are over there flying keeping our way of living from dying let's show with the bonds that we're buying they'll have the jack for their attack Thank you, Edward G. Robinson, for your fine performance, and we appreciate your helping us out tonight. And thanks to Major General Westside C. Larson, Commanding General of the Third Air Force, Colonel Wendell B. McCoy, Major C. Delano, and all you great men here for the reception given us here tonight. Next Tuesday, we'll be seeing you Navy men at Memphis, Tennessee, and in the meantime, we're going to drop in at Orlando, Coral Gables, St. Petersburg, Miami, and Savannah, Georgia. Folks, as we all know, today is President Roosevelt's birthday. For that matter, Crosby isn't getting any younger either. But no kidding, I know everybody in America would like to wish the president as happy a birthday as a president can have under the terrible strain of war. And since the public can't send greetings by telegram, let's handle the case right here. Fellas, how about a little birthday cheer for FDR? Thank you, boys. That came from the hearts of a lot of B-17 men, the kind of fellows that make a man mighty proud to be president and just as proud to be an average American. Wasn't that a thrilling demonstration, Edward G. Robinson? It sure is, Bob. And ladies and gentlemen, there's just one more thing we ought to do before midnight, and that's to get our dimes and dollars into the mail and into the fight against infantile paralysis. You know, friends, ever since Pearl Harbor, kids like these B-17 pilots and bombardiers and the rest have been taking pretty good care of America. And a pretty good way of thanking them is to see that every kid gets a chance to grow up as strong and healthy as these men who peddle the blockbusters. Let's unfold some of that folding money tonight. Or if you'd rather hear it jingle, chip in plenty of dimes to the March of Dimes. Good night. Good night, Eddie. Good night, Bob. Again, Pepsodent has presented Bob Hope broadcasting to the men and women in the armed forces throughout America and by shortwave across the sea. Next week from the Cotton Country, Pepsodent will present Bob Hope 
Entertaining the personnel station at the U.S. Naval Air Technical Training Center, Memphis, Tennessee. And this is Jay Wesley reminding you to always use Pepsodent, the product that's number one with men and women in the service. This broadcast came to you from the 3rd Air Force Headquarters, Goofield, Tampa, Florida. Stay tuned for Gunsmoke, next on Theater of the Mind. You're listening to Theater of the Mind on Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Time now for Gunsmoke. Around Dodge City and in the territory on West, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers, and that's with a U.S. Marshal and... The smell of gun smoke. Gun smoke, starring William Conrad. The story of the violence that moved west with young America. The story of a man who moved with it. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Well, Chester? It's another one, Mr. Dillon. Laying near his wagon. The horse was still hitched and was grazing. Another stabbing? Yes, sir, Mr. Dillon. Two buffalo hunters found him early this morning on the road leading out to Cimarron Crossing. We just brought him back. Who was he? His name was Jones. Les Jones. Been in town a couple of days buying supplies and food. Where'd he come from? Well, some of the boys told me he's got a little farm on up the Arkansas piece. Got a wife, too. Poor little thing, they tell me. Yeah. You know anything more about him? He was at Tab Slade Saloon last night playing Pharaoh. Drunk? Oh, we'd had a belt or two, but not drunk. Did all right at the Pharaoh table. He quit. He must have had two, three thousand dollars. $3,000 and a widow woman on the Arkansas River. Big pardon, Mr. Dillon? Yeah, nothing, Chester. The money's gone, of course. Yes, sir. Ask the doctor to come down when he can, will you, Chester? Right. Doc, come down a minute. Mr. Dillon wants you. Coming! I'm coming. Did Jones have a gun on him, Chester? We found a sharp special in his spring wagon. Uh-huh. He wasn't carrying anything on him. It's outside. Do you want to see it? Had it been fired? No, sir. Good morning, Marshal. Want to see me? I want to ask you a question, Doc. Yeah? There have been two stabbings in two months. Jones makes the third. You think the same person killed the other two? Well, there's no way to be sure, but from the position of the wound on the body, and from the angle of the knife thrust, I'd say that the killer or killers used the same... Doc, I just wanted a simple answer. Yes. I think the same person murdered all three men. Yeah. Any way of telling how long Jones has been dead? Oh, well, I'm not a Pinkerton man, but I'd say sometime after midnight. Between three or four in the morning, maybe. And I'd also say from the amount of bleeding... Okay, Doc. Chester? Yes, Mr. Dillon? Get my horse. I'm going to ride out to the Jones place. I figure Miss Jones will want to know. <laughs> Hello, 
Howdy, bub. I live here. Where are you from? I'm from Dodge. Dodge? Meet you right all the way from Dodge? Sure. Get down and I'll water your horse. All right. Yeah, here you are. What's your name, son? Alvin Jones. My dad is Les Jones. I, I guess you know him, huh? Yeah, sure. I guess most everybody knows him. Uh, your mother in the house? You gonna stay for dinner? Well, I don't think so. Is she in the house? Yeah, she's there. Just go on up. Don't worry about your horse. <laughs> Thank you. It's not Alvin, Miss Jones. Oh, I am sorry. I thought it was my son. My name is Dylan, Miss Jones. Marshal Dylan at Dodge. Come in, Marshal. Thank you, ma'am. You care for some buttermilk? Or maybe out here men don't drink buttermilk like they do at home. <laughs> Thank you, but nothing for me. Uh, Miss Jones, I got some unpleasantness for you. Yes? It's about your husband. He's in trouble? I left Dodge four hours ago. I thought I should be the one to tell you. He's hurt bad. More than bad, Miss Jones. I pulled the saddle off your horse, mister. Nathan, you a good one. Well, thank you, son. Alvin... This is Marshal Dillon from Dodge. The Marshal? Uh, Alvin, your pa won't be home for a while, the Marshal says. Well, not for how long? Well, I... Well, not for how long, Ma? Uh, not for quite a time, son, so uh, you'll have to run things a while longer. Snakes, I can take care of Ma, all right? Sure you can, Alvin. Uh, would you stay to eat? No, 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 thank you, ma'am. I, I got to get back to Dodge. Uh, Ms. Jones, could yes, I... Yes, Mr. Dillon. Talk to the boy, Ms. Jones. Explain it so he won't be bitter. Too many gunfighters got their start from a killing like this. I'll try, Mr. Dillon. I'll try. Good afternoon, ma'am. And uh, make sure you got enough whiskey to finish the night this Thursday weather. Oh, we've got plenty, Mr. Slade. If no fight starts that... Oh, Mr. Slade. Huh? There's company coming. Marshal Dillon just walked in. Oh, set that bottle of rye up on the bar. Yes, sir. Howdy, Matt. Join me in a drink? Uh, thank you. I will. Look kind of dry. You've been traveling? Yeah, I've been up the river a bit to the Jones place. Jones? Tell his wife she's a widow. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. It's too bad. He was in here last night, wasn't he? Oh, yes. Matter of fact, he was. You wouldn't know anything about his being killed, Dylan. What are you asking me, Dylan? Straight question. Are you saying I killed him? Just asked a question, Slate. 
I don't know anything. Someone knifed that man after he left here. He was taking a lot of money out of your place. You had a reason. I wasn't even here last night. My partner, Ben Ramirez, was running the place. Where were you? I was with his sister. All evening? Till late enough. Where's Ben and his sister now? I don't know. Home, I guess. I think I'll ride out and have a talk with him. And Slade. Yeah? If you have any big winners tonight, make sure they get home safe. Huh? No, I can't see you. Well, don't be mad at me. I'll come to where you are. You see? Once out of the shadows, and here I am. What do you want? I'm looking for Ben Ramirez. He is not at home. Or his sister. <laughs> I am his sister. <laughs> What's the matter? You don't believe me? Well, yes, I'm not, but I thought... You that... thought I would be in the house? Why, when the night is so beautiful? You want to talk with me? I want to talk with your brother. But he's not here. So why not talk with me? My name's Matt Dillon. I, I'm Marshal of Dodge. I know. I've been wanting to meet you. Yeah, I've come on business. I like business. Talk with me. Last night, Maybe after midnight, a man was killed on the river road. Killed? By a knife stabbed in the chest. Why do you tell me this? He was carrying $3,000 he won at Slade's. And so? Uh, Tab Slade told me he spent last evening with you. He came for dinner. He often does. He thinks he loves me. Uh, Your brother, was he here? Tab Slade and Ben own the saloon together. They're partners. They think at least one should be there all the time. Ben went down after we ate. Did Slade, uh, uh, was he here long? Yes. He's my fiancé. So it's all right. Isn't it, Marshal? Well, that's your business, Miss Ramirez. My name is Evelita. You could call me Eve. Well, when do you expect your brother? I don't know what my brother does. He may be home soon. He may be late. I don't know. I've seen you when I've been in town, Natalie. Yeah? I don't ride in often. Played such a fool. He and my brother don't like me to come to town. Well, Dodge is rough. Always he has to protect me. <laughs> Men are such fools. But Matt Dillon is not selfish. Are you? You wouldn't keep me out of town. Well, I, that's not my affair, Miss Ramirez. It'll be for your brother and Tab Slade to say. Tab Slade thinks we will marry. Well, we won't. Because I don't love him. I don't love anybody. But I could. Maybe. 
Miss Ramirez. How do you find me attractive? Well, well, yes, I'm. Oh, why don't you kiss me? Well, well, no, I didn't mean no. that. Dylan, I've got a gun pointed at the back of your head. Ben, I want to... Fooling with another man's fiancé isn't smart, Dylan. Ben, please. He'll go inside. All right. Aren't you going to say anything, Dylan? What do you want me to say, Ben? Oh, by this time, most men will be crawling. You're a hard one, Dylan. I can't fight a man who's behind me in the dark with his gun drawn. There, is that better? You can see me now. It takes a small man to make love to another man's woman. You can't haze me into a draw. I'm not trying to. I don't want a gunfight. I just want to talk, Dylan. Well, you're calling it. I saw a sleigh just a few minutes after you left this place. Told me you were trying to tie us with a murder. I said he was wrong and came up here to get the straight of things. From what I saw a minute ago, he might have been right after all. You'd like his woman, so it'd be handy to have him out of the way. Is that the way you figure it, Ramirez? Yeah, that's the way I figure the it. The only reason I came to your place was to talk to you. I want to find the killer of Mr. Jones and thought you might be able to help. Well, you're not going to get any information sniffing around Eve. What's your plan, I'll give you some advice, Marshal. Tab Slade's been a good friend of me, and I'll help him protect anything that's his. Eve's his, so stay away. You're not going to find a killer while you're saying pretty things. Are you through? All right, then listen to me. You say Slade had nothing to do with those killings. I won't say he did because I don't know, but I'm going to find out who did it, and if it was Slade, I'll get him. Now, do I ride back to town? Yeah, ride back to Dodge, Marshal, and uh, between here and where your horse is tied, don't so much as twitch a finger. <laughs> I don't know whether you're a fool or a brave man, Ramirez, but just let me give you one bit of advice. Don't tire the wrong brand. It's easy to do. Just walk away, Marshal, to your horse. And walk easy. Uh, Marshal. Yeah? If you find out who killed Jones, let me know. I'll do that, Ben. I sure will. Turn for the second act of Gunsmoke in just a moment. But first... Hello, I'm Kathy Lewis, the girl who plays Jane on My Friend Irma. Irma, tie this string around your finger to remind you that starting Sunday, we go on the air at 9.30 p.m. instead of 6 p.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. All right, Jane. Good girl. Now, what's that string to remind you of? To buy some more string? That's My Friend Irma, whom you can now hear on Sundays, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Remember, my friend Irma is now heard at a new later time on Sundays. Check your local schedules. Now, the second act of Gunsmoke. 
Who is it? it it's Chester, Mr. Dillon. Oh, Chester? Wait a minute. What time is it? Almost four in the morning, Mr. Dillon. Four? Yes, sir. I'm sorry to have to wake you, but you better get dressed and come right away. They've got Tab Slade. Slade? Who's got Slade? Some of the ranchers. They're going to lynch him right in front of his saloon. Well, go and try and hold him for a minute. I'll be right along. Yes, sir. Mr. Dillon's going to have every one of you up for trial. No reason for you to get hurt. All right, Chester, I'll take over. Marshal, we don't want to have trouble with you, but we're going to hang Tab Slade. Uh, right now. Harrison, you're too smart a man to be the head of a mob like this, and I tell your men to break it up and go home. I'm sorry, Marshal, I can't do that. Slade killed another man tonight, and he's going to pay for it. All right, now listen to me, all of you. If Tab Slate killed a man tonight, I'm going to... He did. If you can prove Tab Slate killed a man tonight, I'll take him to jail and hold him there for trial. Marshal, Tab ain't going to be alive to stand trial. Do you know Slate killed anybody? If one of these men lays a hand on Tab Slate, I'll start shooting. There'll be a lot of men dead. How about you, Marshal? Might be you'd get hurt, too. That's right, John. You could kill me, all right. But which of you is going to shoot first? And die first? Huh? Well, which one? Chester? Yes, sir. Go pull Slade off that horse. Cut the ropes and take a gag out of his mouth. Yes, Mr. Dillon. And you men, don't anybody make a mistake. Don't you move a shadow. All right, Slade, get down off there. All right, Chester. Now, you and Slade walk back to the far side of the street. Slow. Yes, The rest of you just stand where you are, looking right here at me. First man so much as moves his eyes will be in real trouble. We're across the street, Mr. Dillon. Good, Chester. Now walk Slade down to the jail and put him in a cell for safekeeping. Now, Harrison, you and your boys head for home. And if you got any sense at all, forget to tell your families what you were almost a party to. Now, good night, gentlemen. Chester, what happened tonight? man named Olson, a rancher, was at Slade's place. Gambling? Yes, sir, and he did pretty fair. He left around midnight and was found about two hours later. He'd been stabbed. His money was gone. Uh, you talk with him? Yes, sir. He just mumbled about having tried to be friendly. He said that several times, Mr. Dillon. Just being friendly. Then he said, I fired a couple of times. I think it hit. You mean he hit whoever stabbed him? I think that's what he meant. Yeah. He say anything else? Nothing. Well, that's not much help in just that. He can't tell us any more. I'll talk with Slade and I'll bring him out. Huh? Yes, sir. Mr. Dillon wants you, Slade. Matt, Matt, you gotta believe me. I don't know anything about the killing, this one or any of the others. I don't have to believe anything, Slade. I'll find out. For but myself. I didn't do it, Matt. Why is everybody sure you did? Why are they know. so sure that they're trying to lynch you? 
does a lynch mob have to be sure of anything? Slade, before you came here to Dodge, you were a gunfighter. You had a bad reputation. You were in with the Kansas Raiders, sure, that's too. Right. The Raiders were killers and thieves. Some were. Now, when a man with your background goes straight, he's always suspect. Matt, I didn't have anything to do with the killing. What about this partner of yours, this Ramirez? I met him in Kansas. Him and his sister, we joined up and came out here. Thought we'd make good a team. Where's Ramirez now? I don't know. Matt, please listen You're to me. You're going to marry his me. sister? No. Yeah, Matt, I don't know. Why isn't Ramirez around now that you're in trouble? <laughs> please, maybe he doesn't know. I don't know. He'd know by now. The news is all over Dodge. Chester? Yes, sir, Mr. Dillon? Put Slade back in his cell, then load your shotgun and keep a close watch on him. Well, where are you going, Mr. Dillon? I'm going to take a ride out to the Ramirez place. I want to have a talk with Mr. Ben Ramirez and his sister, Eve. still dressed? I was just going to turn in. Last time we talked, you had a gun in my back. Now your gun's on your hip, and it'd be smart to keep it there. I'm not going to try a shootout with you, Dylan. I wouldn't chance it, especially in this lamplight. There'll be no reason for anyone to draw. I just want the answer to some questions. What questions? Where's Eve? What do you want her for? I ask you a question, Ramirez. I want an answer. Where's Eve? He's in bed. Where was she around three this morning? Here, I suppose, asleep. I think you better get her out here, Ramirez. What's so important about Eve? A man was killed this morning, and I think she might have done it. You know what you're saying? Yeah, I know. You're calling my sister a murderer. That's right. And if you're going for your gun, Ramirez, make sure you're ready to die. I told you before, I'm not a fool. But if I can trick you, I'll kill you. Don't try, Ramirez. Why do you say my sister killed a man? No hand around these parts would stop for anyone on the road at night. Not unless it was someone they knew or someone they didn't have to fear, like a woman. Like your sister. You don't know anything, Dylan. You're guessing wrong. I didn't know when I got here, but now I'm sure. What do you mean? The man who died tonight shot at and hit the person who stabbed him. There's no blood on you, but there's blood on the floor over there by the door. Blood that could have come from a gunshot wound. That doesn't prove anything. And there's blood on the table by you there. It's not blood, it's just a shadow from the lamp. Uh, the lamp won't light. Does it hurt, Ramirez? I hurt inside. Bad? I won't be around for the trial. Did she do it, Ramirez? Did your sister kill those men? She's not my sister. She's my wife. Wife? Yeah, that's why she didn't marry Slade. She's in the other room. 
hurt bad. Get a doctor for her. <laughs> Ramirez? She's no good. But I loved her. She's got a horse. to do with me? Take you back to Dodge? Have you up for trial? There's no point. I wouldn't live long on horseback. I've bled too much already. Yeah. Is there anything I can do to make you more comfortable? No. Nothing. Eve, can you tell me why? Why you killed four men? For a very simple reason. I wanted the money they had. I wanted it very much. Matt, I've been thinking about my husband. Is he dead, Matt? Did you kill him? He went for his gun, Eve. I, I killed him. He was kind to me. I tried to love him, but I couldn't. I didn't love anything but money. Maybe that I could have loved. Now I'm sorry for everything. Huh? Yeah? It's very lonely. Would you do something for me? Sure. Would you hold my hand? Just rest here a minute longer. Then perhaps I can. She lay there, her dark hair framing her face. The spring grass crushed by her body. A red stain across her silk blouse. The morning sun warmed the soft wind that moved across the land. Later that day, Eve Ramirez and her husband were buried on the outskirts of Dodge City. Not far from the banks of the Arkansas River. And later that night, 
Dodge City was alive with saddle bums, ranchers, cattlemen. Searching the dark of the Kansas night for excitement and life. Gunsmoke, under the direction of Norman MacDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Special music for tonight's story was composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Featured in our cast were Georgia Ellis, High Everback, and Jack Crucian, with Richard Beals, Ann Morrison, and Herb Ellis. Parley Bear is Chester, and Howard McNear is Doc. Join us again next week as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal, fights to bring law and order out of the wild violence of the West in... Gun Smoke. Don't miss Gangbusters and the Case of the Variable Blonde later tonight on most of these same CBS radio stations. This is Roy Rowan speaking, and this is the CBS Radio Network. Thank you for listening. I hope you'll be with me here next week when I'll uncover more gems from the golden age of radio. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a wonderful weekend. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.